Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker. I'm an author, producer, two-time Emmy Award winner, and host of That Girl the Podcast. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and stories to help you become that girl or that guy in your life. That Girl the Podcast is based on the romantic comedy That Girl a Novel, which is now available as a podcast to listen to. Listen to each chapter about finding yourself and adulting in LA. Find That Girl a Novel everywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it on Amazon to buy the Kindle or paperback of. For more, find us at thatgirlthepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at thatgirlthepodcast and our Patreon page. Hi, how are you? So nice to meet you. Oh my gosh. Well, so nice to meet you. This is a great. I've been doing so much research on you. You have so much that you've accomplished and you do such good work in the divorce world, which makes me very happy. I have not been through a divorce, but I am a child of divorce and it was not pretty. <laughs> Same. Like I, I have not been divorced either. I'm also a child of divorce and it was like, okay, but it's still never pretty. So I, you know, and then I worked, well, you, you probably know everything already. I worked for a judge. I saw how not pretty it is. And that's when I started to think like, you know, the education the lawyers get isn't, um, it needs to be more well-rounded. Yeah, exactly. So, so let's start off and let me just explain who you are to people listening and watching. Um, this is Gabrielle Hartley. She is a divorce attorney. She also has an amazing book called Better Apart. The positive, wait, may I say that right? Radically. I, <laughs> I was close. I was close. The radically positive, you say it. The radically positive way to separate. Okay, good. <laughs> I was just going to switch that all, um, which has been endorsed by Gwyneth Paltrow and so many others. It's the book that talks about conscious uncoupling and it's just incredible. She also has a certificate program to learn how to be a better mediator, a better attorney, even a better coach. If you are dealing with divorce or just for yourself, if you need guidance, you're just amazing. Hopefully I'll never be divorced, but if I am one day, I'm coming to you. (laughs) So first, how did you decide that you wanted to go into the divorce world? You worked for this judge and was that what was happening or how did this actually start for you? So, you know, um, it's funny that to frame it like that. Um, when I, when I went to, well, let me back up when I grew up, um, when I was nine and my brother was six, my parents divorced. Um, they had shared custody long before shared custody was a thing. And they were, they were almost like braggy about like what great divorced people they were. And (laughs) I thought it was you know, not that great as a kid with parents getting divorced, even when it's great, it's not spectacular. You know, your parent, your family is sort of reorganized. And um, when I, by the time I got to law school, I actually didn't even want to take family law. I was so tired of the subject. I wound up taking that as my one pass fail elective. And um, (laughs) cause I was like, like I took corporate finance for a grade, (laughs) like the harder class. I'm like, no, I am so done with family law. But then several years after I um, graduated from law school, I um, received an invitation to um, clerk for this particular judge who's now the chief administrative judge of New York City. And when I was there, I actually had um, the the opportunity to work. I pause when I say opportunity, but it really was um, to work with hundreds and hundreds of very high conflict 
people who were trial ready, meaning they had gone through all the motions, all like all the drama that divorce can bring with it. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of like their last ditch person who they could work with to try to resolve the case. And that's when I really realized that, you know, I always say I'm really bad at a lot of things, but I'm really, really good at this. Like I can resolve the most complicated divorces. And then I started to think like, huh, like it's great that I can resolve the cases that come in front of me, but a lot of people are never going to come in front of me. And there's thousands and thousands of divorce lawyers all around the country. Um, And that's where I started when I started to create actually a curriculum for recovering divorce lawyers or newly minted family mediators that also people going through divorce can tap into as well. So I, I do that education coupled with um, I continue my online mediation for people all over the world, actually, as well. It's amazing. Um, I wish my parents had had you. It was so hard. And not just while it was happening, it was for years. Like, what's really difficult, and as you know, as a child of divorce as well, is just having your children not become pawns with oh, I can't stand him or I can't stand her. So we're going to use the child as pawn to like make them love one of us more or like, you know, send information back and forth. And I always say to friends that have been through divorce or going through divorce, like, please save your ego, just save it because it's not worth it to your children. Um, What is some really good advice or how do you get through to maybe those people, those parents that are like, no, I just hate him so much and I just want my daughter and my son to know and all of that. How do you deal with that? So there are a bunch of different things that you can do. Some of them are internal work, right? Some of it is about re-narrating the story, like giving yourself the gift of perspective that you really can't have that easily in the moment. Um, But like to sort of telescope your own life five or 10 years down the line, like who who are you, right? Like, who do you want to be? How do you want to look at yourself? you know, how do you want to feel when you go to bed at night? Is being angry going to, you know, bring you joy and comfort? Probably not. It might feel good in the moment and it can be reparative when you're hurting or when you're particularly angry or disappointed. And I, obviously I'm a human, I get that. And at the same time, I know, I know. And at the same time, the reality of it is that by allowing yourself to accept and also even maybe to forgive, not to forgive someone who like treated you badly, but forgive yourself for making the choice to be in that situation, to forgive them for their limitations, for their bad choices, for maybe their undiagnosed mental health issue that they, they're stuck being them and you get to be you. So oh, I first, love that. That is so powerful. Just that alone is so powerful coming out of a divorce or a long-term relationship. Just the fact that you can I love what you just said too about like you can forgive yourself because so many people come out of divorce or a very long-term relationship thinking, oh, I failed. And right. And there's shame and they you just feel like garbage about yourself or like, you know, how could this happen to me? How could I make these choices? And like it, it happens to everybody. Does divorce doesn't like taxes does not discriminate. Like it doesn't matter if you're <laughs> super educated, super wealthy, really poor, you're not educated, you have a career, you don't have a career. There are so many things that go into selecting the perfect partner that, um, you know, it's very easy to make mistakes. And even if you made the right choices at that time, 
life can sometimes interfere. It can sometimes get in the way. Um, if you are having a hard time, just to get back to your question, um, to navigate a complicated situation when you are just so full of venom, you know, I really like co-parenting apps online. There's something called the FAIR app, which is F-A-Y-R, um, which is available. I, I mentioned it because it's available in English and in Spanish, and I'm an advisor to them. Um, they have like a way you can communicate with each other. You can calendar. It's like beyond what the Google Drive can do, right? Yeah. And there's like co-parenting, co-payment app, um, apps. There's something called D-Comply, and it's it's – it's almost like a very souped up Venmo for parents. So it will show like, you, you know, what has to be paid when, by whom, it will give you alerts, you know, seven days past due. And then like if somebody, if your co-parent isn't paying, you can print that up and bring it to court to show that there was a request um, wow. and a denial for purposes of contempt in the legal, you know, yeah. arena. So that's why when you asked the question before, I was, I was really um, sort of drawn to the fact that there's two different real arms. One is like the pragmatics. How am I going to do this? And then the other is controlling the emotion. And and that's what better apart the process for the end user is all about. The book was not written for professionals. It was written for people getting divorced. I thought like, you know, not everybody can get to me. Not everybody can pay my hourly necessarily. And the book really has, first of all, a lot of like wellness material, you know, how to deal with this crap and then it also has like how do i pick my lawyer what are the financial things i need to deal with what are the different things i have to think about when creating a parenting plan it's got like nuts and bolts the whole second half of the book is nuts and bolts that's so helpful um my girlfriend is co-parenting and it was a very rough divorce they finally just were divorced this year thankfully um and yes they use an app like that and i just think that's brilliant because oh my Gosh, I love that you can print out stuff, like you said, and bring it to court and be like, hey, um, or at least everything's written and you have documentation of they wrote this to me, they said this to me, and it's, you know, instead of the he said, she said thing. And it's all on one server, so you can't manipulate it. And actually, like, you know, not to be like an infomercial for these two companies, but also <laughs> you can... Um, you can give access, I believe, to the judge as well as to your lawyers to see what's really going on. So if you have a spouse who's like stonewalling, refusing to answer, or conversely, harassing you, you can actually get it put into the order that you have to use a co-parenting app for all communication. So then it's not like this flurry of, oh, I sent you the text, you missed it. Like, no, it's either in the right. app or it's not. Right. And that could be, you know, a particularly ugly ex could be like, oh, I never got your text. You never sent it. And it's just gaslighting. <laughs> right. And it could also be a particularly, um, you know, ADHD ex who, who is just, you know, disorganized and hapless. And it's like, oh, I didn't get it. I missed it. You know, and mm -hmm. you want to do everything that you can to support your children, to feel good and to feel good about themselves. And the better you feel about yourself, obviously, the better your kid is going to feel about themselves. And the more that we can build up our exes by noticing what they do that's, you know, good enough, <laughs> better we can move forward, right? Because sometimes that's all you have, like, oh, you know, thanks for bringing her books back here when you dropped her off on time. Thank you. Right. Um, let's talk about something you mentioned too, is that sometimes they have an undiagnosed mental illness that 
when you got married, maybe it wasn't there and then it showed up and it was a big reason why you divorced. Um, what's, what's great advice for people to, to deal with that, to, to be like, oh my gosh, I gave everything, I tried everything, and this is something I can't fix because this is ultimately with them. What, um, what do you suggest people do to sort of heal from that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of layers there, right? So if you marry someone who has a mental health issue that may may have always been there, but it was masked. I mean, that's the the case. Everyone throws a, around the word narcissist these days. Yes, that's a very and, common word right now. <laughs> and, right. And like, I think only a, a segment of those narcissists are narcissists, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people have ADHD or maybe bipolar disorder, or if you're particularly unlucky, borderline personality disorder, which can be incredibly difficult to navigate. Um, I think really compassion is your key to emotional freedom. Um, Just going back to what I said before, your ex or soon-to-be ex-spouse does not want to have the issues that they have. Even if it feels like they're getting away with something, I hear that a lot. Like, oh, he's, you know, the judge is just going to love him. When you meet her, you're going to think she's so charming. Uh You know, it doesn't matter First of all, lawyers, judges, and mediators, we've been doing this a very long time, many of us, most of us, and we can see through a lot. Even if we haven't done it a long time, um, you know, if, if you're working with someone who is in a high volume sort of situation, they've met a lot of people, you know, make sure your lawyer has their 10,000 hours. Um, but for you, again, just be glad that you get to be you. And you have to, if you have children, really support them in managing dealing with your difficult ex, right? Because they're going to be stuck with that more than you are. That's so true. Um, How do you kind of explain maybe a mental illness to your children? When's an age to do that? Or even when they're young and they're already kind of seeing the effects of that, how do you best sort of navigate that? I mean... First of all, it really depends. I don't want to throw around, you know, what is and is not a mental illness. I am not a sure. mental health professional, but I will say that the best thing to do for your children is to support them. So how do you support them? You can say something along the lines of, you know, mommy loves you very much and she is working on this or daddy struggles with organization or mommy struggles with time management. We all have things we struggle with, right? Sure. Because The truth is, you know, most of us were drawn to the person who we married because they also have a flip side to that negative, which is really positive. So Mm -hmm. accentuating the positive is always going to be the best. Um, And I would say that that's really your your closest um, friend. The the thing that's going to lift you up the most is your ability to see what's good. Mm -hmm. And also remember, unfortunately, one or more of your children may have some of the qualities of your ex who you can't stand. So you don't want to like tear your ex down too much, especially in front of the children, because you will be actually tearing your children down. Right. I think that is so, uh, that that's so brilliant because, um, I've seen that, um, where two children, one is like the mom, one is like the dad. And it's just, let, it's exactly what you just described. And 
I also love that you're coming from a place of compassion because your book talks so much about yoga and meditation, and that's all rooted in compassion for yourself and for your body and for others. Um, tell me how that part of it came into the book better apart with the yoga and meditation, which I love. (laughs) Well, um, you know, I had this idea in my mind for such a long time that I wanted to write a book that was about divorce and yoga. When I worked for the judge in New York city, I used to go to yoga about four days a week and it really resonated with me while the, the notion of groundedness and feeling steady and having your emotional brain um, cooled when it's feeling flooded. It really resonated for me how the people I was working with all day were almost being encouraged to make things more complicated by their lawyers, by the system. You have to remember, I was sitting from nine to five in the judge's chambers um, in a side room, helping two lawyers and two litigants resolve cases that were ready to go to trial. Who goes to trial? The people who are the most contentious, the most adversarial. So that means either the lawyers are really adversarial or the parties are really adversarial or both or some combination. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I spent a lot of time in the room asking these people to, to think about what they really, what was really important and what could they let go of? Of course, I didn't say it like that because I was in, you know, Brooklyn and Staten Island in in the courthouse. I would say like, does it really matter? You know, what do you really care? You know, I would just, just talk to them, not in some like lofty way. I would just say like, you know, who cares? Like, does this matter? How much money do you need? What are your bills? What are your expenses? What are you entitled to? Sometimes it would come down to the idea of you feel like your whole life was a lie and that kind of sucks. Is that right? And yeah, then I'd quickly say to so. the other person, like, not, I'm not saying that you cheated on her 50 times. I'm just saying she feels like that. And remember, at that time, I'm 30 years old, and the people in the room are like 10, 20 years older than I am. But I just would say it. I was very, like, right there on the ground with them. And I think the fact that I was so young um, made it almost easier for them to hear from me because it wasn't like I was talking down to them. I hadn't been married yet or anything. I hadn't had kids or anything at all. Um, but I was a kid of divorce and I did mention that, which I think would get into their minds. And so I just really wanted to bring together yoga and divorce so badly. And when Gwyneth Paltrow said that um, they had a conscious uncoupling, right. I turned to my husband and I said, I'm going to write a book that's going to be a global sensation and change the divorce conversation. And Gwyneth Paltrow is going to endorse it. And not only did she endorse it, yes. but she got um, um, Elena Brower, who was my yoga expert in the book. Um, Elena was on Goop talking. There's a full episode just addressing Better Apart. And then the notions, they, they focus on the notions of forgiveness. Uh. That's amazing. I love that you just put that out there and you were like, nope, this is happening. This, I'm uh, yeah, manifesting and, this. That's exactly what happened. In fact, um, my husband's response was something like, oh, go to bed, Gabrielle. Like, you're not doing that. <laughs> I was like, oh, those are fighting words. So watch. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm big in the manifesting world here. Like, it is amazing if you really just visualize it. How, I mean, I think people misunderstand. They think like, oh, well, just think about it and then not do anything. It'll just come to me. And like, that's not how that works. <laughs> you do Actually, the steps. No, but- I was just going to say, I have something that's in, it's in Better Apart. And it's something I talk about a lot called the VER protocol. And it's 
visualize, like you have to like dream something and then internalize it, as you're about to say, and then realize. So I'm sorry I cut you off. You were talking about doing this stuff. Nope, we're on the same page. Yeah, it's just, it's incredible um, how much can come to you when you, you also have to be really ready for it. Um, I think that your alignment and your vibration has to be ready to actually at least put, have that idea start to, to really manifest. You can't be like, oh gosh, what's an example? Like I want to manifest a million dollars and still think, oh, but how could that happen? You know, you've got to be in that mindset of like, I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but I know I will make it happen versus like, I don't know, maybe. Getting really granular and getting really detailed, writing it down or making vision boards if you don't like writing, but you love drawing or making collages or building something like, what do you want to manifest? And put in all the details. And as you do it, what happens process-wise is it actually becomes integrated in who you are. And so then that's the magic part, actually. I, I, don't, I don't think in all cases you need to know step A, step B, step C, step D, but you need to become almost singularly focused on step A. So maybe if you have kids, just to bring it back to like, if you have kids and you're going sure. through a divorce, maybe your focus is, I want my kids to feel really good about themselves. So then you think about that. Maybe you make a list. What does that look like? What's your part in that? right? Like don't, don't even think about it as how I want to be with my ex. Think about how I want my kids to feel, right? Right. And then what does that look like in terms of how you interact with your ex? And, and it's not going to be easy, but it may just be, you know, being polite, sharing a smile on Father's Day, maybe go pick out, you know, flowers, or I don't know if your ex wants flowers, but whatever it is (laughs) that he wants, you know, or um, to, to bring something to them, you're extending an arm, um, you're extending something positive, not for you in the immediate moment, but for your kids. And actually, that all does come back to you. That's beautiful. That's just, and that's so compassionate and coming from a place of forgiveness and just trying to make it better for them, of course, for your kids, but also really just for you. Like you said, I mean, I love that. And that also takes a lot of strength and a lot of bravery because when you are in that fiery venom place, the last thing you want to do is be kind to someone. But how many times are we kind to someone and then they're just terrible to us? Most likely it's not going to happen. You know, your ex might look at you confused, but like, I'd rather take a confused look than like a lashing out because I brought you flowers. <laughs> you know? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm so grateful to my mom. When my parents got divorced, I used to, I was nine, as I said, and I would say, what happened? What happened? And my mother, who was sort of on the surface, at least the aggrieved party, she used Mm -hmm. to say, daddy and I have grown up problems. You're a child. Your job is to be a child. Like, do not worry about our problems. And when I hear people say, you know, my kids deserve to know the truth, I could not agree. I mean, I could not disagree more. Your kids deserve to be children and go through all the processes that they need to go through. And, you know, if your ex is that bad, your children are going to see it. And, you know, at the end, your children are observing and they're going to have a lot more respect for you if you don't degrade the other partner. They're going to come to their own conclusions. You need to just... You work on you, you be the best you you can be, 
And that always means bringing your best self to the table. Absolutely. Children are so much smarter and so much more observant than we give them credit for. They're just always taking things in and processing. And I think too, um, it's important to remember that, you know, again, as children of divorce, there was stuff that we were processing, but didn't quite understand until much later age. And so I think, I guess if I could just put that out there, like, I think it's important to remember, like your kids really might not understand, but they can feel it. So try to protect them from that. And, you know, and they'll, they'll get there even as adults. Like I kind of, felt like things were so mixed up and so many mixed messages and just so much misinformation that I really didn't figure out like who was right and who was wrong and what was really going on with my parents until much later into my adulthood. And even then you have to kind of work through it and be like, oh, what? Oh my God, I'm sorry to the parent I was mad at for so long. I didn't realize this had happened. And it's very tricky. So I, I just love what you're doing. <laughs> I there's like, thank you so much. That um, there, you know, we all have this idea, especially kids of divorce. We want we want to make sense of things. Like we naturally want to balance things, and sometimes things are balanced, and sometimes they aren't. But I believe that, like energetically, like I know this is really a far cry from a legal <laughs> opinion, but I feel like <laughs> energetically, it's like. I don't know, like humans are balanced in different ways. And so if we just focus on the positives that both people bring, maybe they're not directly bringing your kid a positive, but maybe like their mom brought them a positive, like, or, you know, something in their history brought them a positive. The more we can focus on what's positive, the better our outcomes are going to be. And so, I mean, to me, it's like really simple. Like why feel bad when you can look at things in a different way that are going to make you feel good, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you're, you're, what you're doing with your kids really does matter. Um, I actually, I haven't shared this before, um, but, well, my father passed away a few weeks ago um, this oh, fall. I'm so sorry. And, thank you. And, um, you know, I was taking care of him for a long time, not in my house, but whatever. He lived near me and he, um, and everyone gathered at my house the next day, my mom, my stepfather, my dad's girlfriend, her family, my friends, my dad's friends. And at some time towards the end of the weekend, towards the end of the day, my mom said to my brother and to me, so you'll come over tomorrow with the kids. And my first thought was, um, what about dad? Cause I'm always like making sure both. And that's when I cried. I was like, wow. I said to my brother, I was like, I guess joint custody is finally over. And he said, you've still been living like that. And I said, I guess I have been. And oh, isn't wow. that like it, it, and I'm sharing that cause I, I, I kind of think it's important. You know, it's like mm-hmm. maybe embarrassing that I'm this old and I've processed this much and I've done all oh, this yeah. work my whole life, but it's just real. Right. Like yeah. I really cried. I was like, I don't need to worry about things being fair for them anymore. Uh, that's so much to, to feel. Oh gosh. I, I'm glad that you got there and I'm glad that that's still, I'm sure you're still thinking and processing and as holidays come up and different events come up, you'll, you'll keep getting used to that, but that is such a powerful feeling. And I share it just so, you know, the audience knows it can all be okay though. Like I said, like my mom was there, my mom helped without, you know, like right. you can just get through this. It's, 
it's really, it's just, it's just life, right? Like, yeah. And we, yeah. Want to do things, we want to do things as positively as we can. And we want to make smart decisions. We don't want to like roll over and like let somebody treat us badly at all. Right. Also, so it's all about right. compassion and let's not lose sight of self-empowerment. You know, I, I, I would be remiss if I'm, I said all this gushy stuff without saying, if you're mediating, make sure you first get full financial disclosures. Like if you tried to mediate with me and you have high net worth, one of the first things that I'm going to do is say, I need both of your full financial disclosures. We'll bring in a neutral CDFA or a finance person because, you know, I don't think that you need to fight for every last penny necessarily or every last yeah. right but before you give something up you need to understand what that means right right well also with compassion and having boundaries <laughs> um one of the biggest things that um i learned because i studied buddhism very young and into my 20s and it's always been a part of my life um is that it is so much about compassion and i really didn't understand that in order to have compassion you need to have really good boundaries as well. But yeah, to have incredibly good boundaries with your compassion. You can love someone from afar. It doesn't mean that they need to be in your life or that you need to be necessarily even helping them if they're not in a place that that almost deserves it sometimes. Sometimes. And, and I'm and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna take that, I'm gonna actually take that one step further for you and with do. you. Um I think, let's say it's your parent that you're dealing with and they're very difficult and you think they don't deserve it. I always turn it back to who are you, right? Like mm -hmm. as long as you have strong enough boundaries that you are not, you're not going to be too supple to their, their um, attacks, witting or unwitting, you know, their mm -hmm. actions or inactions that may hurt you. If you can create a barrier, like a myelin sheath, like a fat, you know, between you and them, I still think you always show up. You always be the person you want to be. And if you mm -hmm. have well-developed boundaries, you can really do that um, with a, a very wide variety of people. And that's going to open up opportunity for you. Right? right? Like in terms of your inner narrative, in terms of your, um, even selfishly, right? There might be somebody who you may stand to gain from by being kind, but they're such an idiot. You don't want to deal with them. You're not going to be subject to them anymore. If you yeah. develop a boundary practice, like I talk a lot about shelving people. Uh -huh. I would even say you can always shelve someone and still interact with them, but it's, it's a process. It's a, it's a mm -hmm. process that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of tears. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of real emotional growth. But when you transcend the boundary level that you're at to the next level of boundary, um, you can really still be connected even in relationships that are all but totally harmful, obviously. That doesn't mean you're going to talk to them every day, but you, you can maybe send a card. Maybe even sending a card feels too vulnerable for some people, but mm -hmm. you know, send a card that has a clear loop, not, not something like hope to speak soon, just like you know, <laughs> letting you know I'm thinking about you, hoping your life is on the path you believe it should be or you know something something that's nothing inviting in uh, now you may take exception and say well anything is an invitation for some people 
And that may be the case. But again, if you have your boundaries, even if they come in, you, you know, come in for it, you can still draw a line right. way before the line you might, might have drawn before. I agree with you. And there are so many people that just do not understand how to draw that line. They keep constantly either enabling or they keep allowing people to take advantage or manipulate them. And of course, this is happening all the time with divorce couples and going through divorce. And I I just think that learning this is so important to your sanity and also who you choose to marry next or, or just partner with next. Right. Or even if you choose not to, like if you mm-hmm. choose to be on your own and, you know, you know, we talk so much about divorce because, you know, obviously that that's who we're speaking to, but, it, but these skills that you learn will serve you so long beyond your divorce and it'll serve you at work and it will serve you with colleagues and it will ser- serve you with friends and you know, your parents and your children and your siblings, like this whole idea of compassion and boundary building Mm -hmm. is, it's really fun. (laughs) It's really liberating. Yeah. It's very universal. Um, I think the best thing too, that you're doing is, um, giving people a chance to start living their best lives after divorce and even during the process, just healing and then feeling strong enough to like, go get their life, go get maybe what they've been waiting to do for so long, or just even emotionally feeling free to do that. And that's what I work on with people so much. And the love is that this is your moment. This is your time to be whoever you want to be. In fact, that whole um, verb protocol that I was talking about, visualize, internalize, realize, I um, like to work with people around like stepping out of the blame game Mm. and stepping into the visualizing game. And that's just what you're talking about. Like, this is your moment. And what do you want to manifest? Who do you want to be? And how are you going to do all that while you've got all the yuck of the divorce happening? And you can really do both things Mm -hmm. if you do it mindfully and intentionally. Absolutely. Oh, Gabrielle, this was so fun. You're so lovely. And please go follow her and read her book if you're going through a divorce. And if you are a therapist or an attorney or just a person who would like to get certified in what you teach, it's amazing. There's so many different variations. I, you're, just, you're just nailing it. <laughs> you're very kind. You can find me at GabrielleHartley.com. Um, and all my social links are there and also access to working with me or you know you can also um even if you're just going through a divorce and you don't actually need anything i have a weekly blog called the better apart blog and you can um go and grab yourself a survive and thrive um, handbook in the website and then you can get the blog delivered directly to you each week perfect i love this you are so lovely have a wonderful rest of your day and i hope we get to talk again soon i also do thank you so much for having Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at Podcast.